I'm, I'm Michael. I'm Michael. You probably don't remember us. We're uh, an Irish Australian couple who you met back in 2017. Um, we were expecting our first baby at the time and we wanted to get going with some growing. Um, we were living in Crosshaven at the time in a very small house with a tiny garden. But we were really inspired by your course and we put in some raised beds and we got going and um, we loved your attitude of just get started just do something it doesn't have to be perfect fantastic and then we moved to uh clonakilty for three years where we continued growing outside and we've moved further west again and we got a big polytunnel put in at the start of the year so we're um our gardening journey has really come on in leaps and bounds and we're full-scale production now on tomatoes and things like that absolutely you really started us off yeah. and uh, have kept us going and we've yeah. been thrilled to see all your success as well with we love seeing you pop yeah. up on the telly or the radio every now and then and yeah. it's, a, it's a joy to us um thank you very much for the inspiration at the start it, it hasn't been without its challenges we've had um a few <laughs> failings in storing uh produce when we go a bit over the top on uh on amounts that we grow but yeah. uh it's been really good fun really healthy really good for the kids to see yeah we have two little girls two, now three year old and five now. year old and they enjoy uh, they actually love eating salads that they go and collect themselves yeah. in the garden that's so lovely isn't that lovely that's so lovely I, I i remember them well actually um and that's it's it's jeez i feel a bit emotional listening to that actually that's lovely thank you Jolene. <laughs> But like, it, you know, isn't it a brilliant example, I think, of how this is this kind of hobby is like a, it's 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 kind of a gateway drug. Like that's the way I always see it. You kind of start and, and it just gets its claws into you and um, that it turns into an obsession for people, I think, in a really in a really good way. Like and, and I think once you once you go down the rabbit hole of, of growing your own food and thinking about where your food comes from, like it just there's no going back. You know, that's for sure. Mm. Um, and, it has and the person we're speaking about here is, of course, Mick Kelly. He is the founder of GIY, which is Grow It Yourself. He is a social entrepreneur, author, TV presenter and a grower. And GIY is now a leading social enterprise with its home Grow HQ in Waterford. Mick also co-presented and produced three series of Grow Cookies for RTE and will present the upcoming series Food Matters in 2023. It's one to look forward to. So we spoke to Mick about his new book, the GIY Diaries, which has actually just come out available wherever you buy books. So we basically talked to Mick about everything that's in the book. Growing, soil health, seasonality, the importance of scale when sending your message, the state of commercial growing in Ireland, how growing affects your home kitchen, flavours and much, much more. Yeah. So Mick has been at this a while and his calm, passionate, interested, informed take on sharing information has touched millions of people with the work that he and his team have done. It's amazing. Yeah, it is pretty brilliant. So this is the Neighbour Food Podcast with me, Jack. And Jolene. Let's get cracking. Yeah, so my name is uh, Mick Kelly. I'm uh, the founder of GIY and uh, delighted to say author of, of the GIY Diaries as well. Amazing. So you've been growing for like, what, 20 years? Um, yeah, I, I would say I started around probably 2004 something like that 2005 so i guess okay. um what's that uh, 18 18 years yeah so right. coming up on two decades in a couple of years time so 
You'd, uh, you'd think I'd have figured it out by now, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> a bit of a dinosaur in the garden, so I'd say. Oh, yeah. no, but you're doing, you're doing loads of stuff. Like, so a couple of books, TV series, yeah. courses. Like, there's a lot of stuff going on there. There is a lot of stuff going on, yeah. Like, it's it's never never a dull moment. Um, it's been it's been a pretty amazing journey. Like when I when I if I ever get time to reflect on it, it has been pretty pretty incredible actually. Um, mm. Spun the old garlic story into a whole a whole industry. <laughs> yeah, and and what was the point, Mick, in terms of like you 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 started growing and then you know got a big passion for it and then suddenly wanted to teach it or or did you have a bit of a teaching background before or where were you before 2004 let's say yeah I was I was um there's been kind of uh, three kind of phases I suppose career-wise like I I worked in IT for a long time I was in in computer systems like in in kind of sales and development roles and things like that um and then gave that up to thought thought that writing actually was my was my uh my destiny um like started writing uh for a few papers and stuff like that like writing columns on health and food and various bits and pieces and um i had started growing my own at home um but i suppose like what what struck me about it was that there was kind of nothing out there to join my instinct was go join something you know because mm. i was so bad at mm. it when i started i was just like i need to need to get together with other people who are doing it and um, I'd, I'd started when I think of the kind of ballsiness of this it makes me laugh a little bit like I, I'd started running I ke- was keeping hens at home and of course thought I was the great world's greatest expert on on keeping hens and started having because the money was so crap in journalism I, I started running these courses at home where people could come and learn how to keep hens <laughs> <laughs> it was mad stuff like we were charging I think we were charging 60 quid for the day and you'd come and we'd give you lunch at home at home and all of that it was, it was great crack but I remember sitting one day there was there was um, a lady called Sally Sweeney from on the course from Tremor with her husband um, and we were just chatting away and we were sort of saying wouldn't it be like we were just all struck by everybody at lunch was like you were like-minded you know there were people mm. who were really interested in, in self-sufficiency and keeping keeping a few hens and whatever and um just just kind of I think I think that the penny dropped that it wouldn't it be brilliant to have something like that around around food mm. growing so I literally put an ad in the local paper saying I booked booked a room in the library the city library in Watford and uh put an ad in the paper saying if you're interested in growing your own food come along to this to this meeting and it was originally called the Waterford Food Producers Network which which thankfully <laughs> didn't stick uh, <laughs> uh, but like loads like I think we had 10 chairs laid out that night and like 100 people showed up to the first meeting it was just like wow you know amazing That's phenomenal. how long ago was that that was 2000 September 2008 um, so that was the sort of kickoff of it and and it was you know for the first certainly six months it was just that like this one local group here in Waterford and we were getting together once a month and getting together in each other's gardens and it was just it was just brilliant um and then so then actually Sally decided to set one up set a set a a group up um in Tremor which is which is where she was from and then another guy called Dave Curran set one up in in Dunmore East and then Mm -hmm. Somebody heard about it in New Ross and then Thomastown, and it just started to to spread, and that kind of forced us to sort of sit down and kind of 
write down like what is this thing i think by then we were sort of like we'd come up with the name gii Mm. like what a gii group is and starting to um so i was still working away as a journalist at this stage and i'd myself and dave kern we'd get into the car in the evening and we'd drive to you know sligo or or donegal or wherever wherever we needed to to like launch a a new gii group and then drive home Mm. again and like it was just a riot i think within within the first year there was 80 of them Wow. I think the penny dropped then that there's something in this and that um we set it up as a like a proper organization as a social enterprise the the following year around around September 2009 I think so that's how it all started and that was the that's birth brilliant of Grow HQ then down in Watford well Grow HQ came much later like we we were we opened we're we're actually six six years old in Grow HQ now so we we opened um in 2016 so it was much much later like for for the first um you know six six or seven years we were operating out of an office up the road here in waterford um because by then we'd we'd moved on from running you know helping these groups to get started to running campaigns and schools Mm. and and all sorts of other stuff but grow hq came much much later in the whole in the whole journey you know and what, what what seems maybe like uh many divergences in life does actually kind of make sense because the you know, the journalism has led into authoring books yeah. and the IT side of it as well, as I've always found GIY to have been that accessible polish to information that probably was available, but you just really had to be lucky to find it. So I have always found growers to actually be really sharing mm. and even commercial, like smaller, smaller producers actually love to open their farm and bring you in and they'll give you every secret that they have. But the reality is for most people, when they want to learn these things, it needs to be easily accessible online, ordering a kit, picking up a book, you know. So I think all of it kind of came together. What What is the, the current kind of business of GIY that goes on these days? Um, yeah, well, it, it, like, thank you for saying all that, because I, I agree with that. Nothing is, is wasted in life. Like, I, I, I think as well, I, I came from a sales background, effectively, and, and I'm, I, I guess I still am. You're selling, you're selling an idea and... and that's such a huge part of it still. So um, I completely agree with that. Um, like the the business model now, I suppose is is probably um, uh, we 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 still attract a lot of grants and philanthropy. So that's a, still a very important part of it. But like being a social enterprise is is also a really important part of our DNA. So that to me means going out and earning an income and 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 you know by selling a product or service to people mm-hmm. who need it. So we we you know as you alluded to there we sell uh, the growing kits called Growbox that that whole product range online courses um you know that that side of it is is a really important part of it we've 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 a huge kind of corporate uh, business and i guess again that came from a lot of the people who were involved in GIY at the start including me had come from corporate backgrounds and and we were very we were very comfortable in that space so like we we have some big big partnerships with corporates that we work with we've also got um expand on that though because i think that's fascinating and i've heard a little bit about this from you guys but when you say you work with the corporates what what type of work would you do with them well there's two two aspects to it one one is like we get we get corporates to sponsor work that we're doing to mm-hmm. like sponsor campaigns so for example we worked with innocent for nearly a decade um on our schools work so they would have been our sponsor of our schools our schools program 
Um, and with them, like we 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 helped around. I think I think the total figure was about one point five million uh, children to to start growing their own food for the first time. Um, at the height of it, we were we were distributing kits, growing kits to around four and a half thousand schools across across the UK and Ireland. Um, so so sort of you know doing it at a vast scale and working with Innocent then, and we 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 kind of felt. Innocent gave us, uh, I suppose, the financial clout, but also the 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 sort of the PR reach. Like they put mm. they put our campaign on, like I think it was fifteen million smoothie bottles every every year or something like that. Yeah. Like so, it just it gave us an unimaginable kind of brand brand reach and all of that. Um, yeah. And then the other thing we 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 kind of constructed um, an employee engagement program for. So so we basically. We'll go into a company, you know, we work with the likes of Meta and Deloitte and and Dropbox and um, all sorts of kind of companies like that. And we teach their employees how to grow food. But by doing that, they're learning about the food system and, and about sustainability. And um, mm. uh, we charge we charge the companies for that. So that's become a, a really important part of things for us as well. Um, and then obviously grow hq is 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 a sort of a social enterprise in its own right in that it's 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 a food education center but it's also moonlights as a you know a, just a cafe and a, mm. a, a place where people can go yeah. and hopefully enjoy really yeah. good food as well absolutely and you know what i feel when i go down to grow, grow hq is that there's an amazing sense of fun about the place yeah i i love the kind of the creativity and the atmosphere and all these kind of like absolutely ridiculous puns that you've got everywhere yeah. and there's <laughs> you know there's, there's a real just kind of cheekiness and roguery about grow hq and i think that's what growing is really it's a lot of fun like but yeah. you know what what else i i think um make is that like all these things that you've done um it just like you've really been a huge influence on people's lives like and does that ever kind of like come into your into your thinking about like how maybe you've impacted um people and I, and I say this because like you're definitely authentic in what you're doing like you know the content you're putting out there is completely expert you've got um you know I, I'd actually trust you with anything <laughs> well, when it comes to the garden anyway <laughs> yeah well, I'd stick to the garden if I really yeah. beyond that my life's a complete mess <laughs> but um also to that you've you've added a kind of a brilliant um community around that yeah um, so no, has, like is that again, something you've ever thought about um i mean occasionally you know you you guys would know this as as well as i do that um running running a running an organization like this it's it's just absolutely full on and and mm. there's so much on there's very little chance for for sort of reflection unfortunately but i i do think every now and then it kind of punches through because like we're we're very focused on scale like i i mm. fundamentally believe like the problems in our food system are are so urgent and so vast that that what we our contribution to to the solution is is scale like that's what we're good at we're good at getting getting hundreds of thousands or millions of people uh, growing food for the first time each year that's what we do really well um and so in in that sometimes the sort of personal impact can get lost a little bit you know what i mean mm. that that you're not really you're not really hearing those stories but definitely every now and then something punches through like I, I i can think of a few examples in the last year where like people who've who've started growing maybe like during during the lockdown with with the pandemic and stuff and the impact it had on their lives mm. um like the other day there was there was a, a table of four downstairs um 
in the cafe who like had traveled from Texas and they were like, you know, they, they came to Ireland because they'd seen Grow HQ on, on the TV series and, and things like that, like just get you, you know, they just sort of slap you around the head a bit and make you realize what, what it's all for. And that's, that's brilliant when it happens, you know, that's enough to get you out of bed the following morning, at least. Cool. And I, I, sorry, Mick, we were talking about this, but the, the idea that once you start tasting one authentic thing, you suddenly don't want to mix it with inauthentic things. And mm. it can often be the catalyst to start changing more, you know? Completely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was only thinking about that this week. The um, our, our tomatoes at home are starting to go, you know, like it's it's coming to the end, another maybe two weeks or so. And somebody on social media actually were talking about this like that you know going back to the shop bought tomatoes um they were they were sort of saying like i, I have to go back to the shop bought tomatoes and i hate it and i was kind of mm. i was kind of saying to them you don't have to go back like that's yeah. the that's the point like they're out of season now that's mm. why they don't taste uh, good anymore because they're like so by default they're going to be imported from somewhere where or or stored for months on end or whatever so like it's it's that that's the double edged sword, I suppose, of um of seasonality that that things go out of season, and that's part mm. of the 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 joy of it as well that they mm. they have to come back into season at some point in the future. But what's the most satisfying part of gardening for you? Um, I think like I do love seed sowing. I I I love I love the the kind of mindfulness of it and how it gets me out of my head. Um. And into my hands, I I really love love that side of it. I I kind of, you know, I I miss it now because it's kind of finished for this year, and it won't be. It'll be February before I'll be sowing seeds again, probably. Mm-hmm. Although I still have I still have garlic to do, I guess this outside this year. Um, so it's like it's just I love going out and spending an hour in the potting shed, like just just sowing seeds, and I find mm-hmm. I find it just completely you know it's the definition of a mindful activity it's so you have to be so precise and so mm. you know really appeals to that part of my 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 kind of um my slightly anally retentive part of my personality <laughs> <laughs> and i suppose uh, when you grow something right from seed to harvesting and then eating it like that just brings so much to you yeah like exactly yeah and then i i love the other end of it i love this time of the year when there's a lot of there's a lot of time in the kitchen you know um like we we like we'd be bringing in crates of food from the garden and you have to do something mm. with them like in some cases you're able to eat them fresh obviously but in other ways you're 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 bringing out your inner squirrel um and trying to do something with them to pro like to 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 bring them through the winter so so that side of it i love as well i love i love the feeling of like i i i think it's a, per, a particular level of smugness when you've got like a row of you know chutneys or or tomato sauces or tomato ketchup or whatever on on um you know after spending three or four hours in the kitchen kind of working through them and and just yeah. that feeling is just amazing you know there's something yeah. really really part of our kind of evolutionary core or something i think that comes out when you do that you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and when you look at like gardening throughout the year um, what do you think is the most significant achievement that you could have over the course of the year is that um, one? like i always think any any time you grow something from seed and and it produces food you can eat for your for yourself and your family that's like it's just miraculous you know like mm. it, like 
to start with when you when you stick a seed in the in the cold soil it's so it's such an act of of optimism and hope you know that that this little thing will survive everything that nature can throw at it and your own mm. your own um your own lack of skills perhaps and and just will will produce food i think it's just it's complete magic like and to to pull something out of the soil like a carrot you know that that sort of you know that that lovely kind of um tactile moment pulling the carrot out of the ground and the, mm. the the orange comes out of the brown soil and so on it's just like it's just magic that that feeling i think so i still i still get a buzz out of uh, out of harvesting you know and, mm. and walking up from the veg patch with my arms full of something is just it's just such a brilliant just a brilliant moment you know i still get a mm. kick out of it same way i still get a kick out of collecting some warm eggs in and in, in in the straw in the hen house and whatever you know Mm-hmm. And Mick, can I ask you what? Because I think there's a lot of reasons why people are <clears throat> they can't cross that final step towards growing something. You know, what do you think mm. are the biggest kind of common myths are about growing your own veg? Um, I, I I think there's definitely a myth, or or cer- certainly a preconception that it's it's really hard. Um, mm. And and like it is really hard on a certain level. Um, there's lots to learn and there's lots that can go wrong. But on, on a basic level, it's actually really simple. Like you stick a seed in the soil and something grows. And I, I, I kind of always still feel that even in my first first year or first couple of years growing, when I knew absolutely nothing, I was still able to produce, you know, lots of food I could eat. So I think that's the biggest the biggest myth. I think people are really afraid to to look silly and get it wrong. I think we've mm. we've got that slight, you know, we. we most most people i think we're you're, you're trying to go through life successfully and you don't want we don't like failures um so i think people are really afraid of it and so like a lot of the work we've tried to do and it and it, and it comes into them as well jolene what you were saying about the the roguery and the, the 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 sort of playful atmosphere of what we do is designed to sort of get over that because i i mm. felt really intimidated by monty don and and gardener's world and all mm. of that stuff like mm. i found terrifying you know there was so many latin names and um i just i just always wanted to try and simplify it for myself and for others uh, by extension so i think i think that's that's it i think i think definitely there's a sense people have that it takes a lot of time and it does and and i think that's about you know prioritizing and prioritizing what's important in your life and and uh, you know what you choose to allocate time to i Mm. think and I suppose um, the thing as well is is starting small and not kind of like shooting for the stars, but just, you know, yeah. take, take and stick to small, nice things exactly. that you like to eat. The funny thing is, though, everyone who starts growing, it says the exact opposite, that they just go so big straight yeah. away, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. The garden. You, you, you always see the new, yeah, like the new grower, like in, in September and like they can't come and meet you for a drink because it's just exploding <laughs> with everything. And they're like begging friends to come by and take stuff. <laughs> then they're dropping you all these random jars of things and they look wrecked, you know, because it, you know, because things come like, you know. Yeah. Exactly. It'll work. That's the thing. Yeah, and keeping <laughs> yeah. it manageable is important. Like I, I kind of my veg patch at home started small and got bigger and bigger and bigger. Eventually, mm. I put a fence around it so it couldn't get any bigger, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is a good strategy. Uh, but like, um, I, I have in more re- like it used to be just sort of uh, bare soil, if you know what I mean. Like just, mm. just within that fence, and I, I've I've put in raised beds in recent years. Um, which slightly reduces the amount of growing space for sure. You know, there's, there's more paths, but 
it just makes it easier because like it's got to work in your within your life and your lifestyle and mm. as, i suppose as the job got busier and kids came on the scene and mm. so on you know it has to work for you so i think that's the other thing like to make it make it work for your lifestyle yeah as opposed to against it and it'll it's more likely to, to last mm. no speaking about recommend... oh sorry jack go on well, no, ask your question first. I was just going to ask about um, allotments. Like, would you recommend joining an allotment if you didn't have um, the space nearby? And may- maybe, like, would the benefit of being within a community as well of people who are in that allotment be a good encouragement to get started? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I would always say to people, though, like, look at what look at the growing space you have in your in your own garden, if you have a garden, because people, I think, often, you know, um, there's like this sort of blockage between like my own my own space which is for for the patio and for the for the trampoline and and the washing line and then so i need an allotment like and and i think i think you need to see if there's something you can do at home first but definitely Mm -hmm. community gardens and allotments are a fantastic way to sort of like take the self out of self-sufficiency and get get connected with other people who are doing it i think that's a that's a a really really brilliant way to go unfortunately not a, not not a an option for everybody on um because like i know our, our friends in community gardens ireland have been trying to lobby government to to make it a requirement for local authorities to make allotments in community garden spaces mm. available for people this, this came up in conversation before apparently it is constitutional that if you go to your city councillor they have to give you a piece of public space to grow vegetables is that is that true yeah i i believe it is but it's not does, does a, it they it needs a law i believe is what they're trying community gardens ireland are lobbying for a law mm-hmm. to force local <clears throat> authorities to 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 provide it where there's a demand hmm. um i'm not sure why there's that disconnect at the moment but um it's it's a it would seem to me to be a basic a basic thing you know that that um and and not only that, I mean, local authorities should be making growing spaces kind of available, but also we need to think about our our kind of housing stock as well, and making sure that um, mm. you know there was there was a big push there during the summer about um, um, uh, construction companies looking to reduce the size the man the the mandatory size of gardens and things like that, which mm. to me would be a really retrograde step, you know, and they're only doing that for because they want to cram more more houses into the same space but um i think it's so important that people have access to some kind of a growing a growing or Mm. or gardening space you know because it's a place of such you know so important for our mental health as well Mm. Mm. now i wanted to say because on the topic of productivity in fairness we aren't just here to shoot the shit we wanted to talk talk about your new book absolutely oh yeah the new book (laughs) yeah let's talk about that Yeah, that would be good. I was just yeah. kind of imagining your your PR lady just yeah, being like, oh, this is, is lovely, lads. Yeah, this is great, but like, can we... We're going to get to the book. <laughs> yeah. Well, congratulations on the new book, Mick. Thank it is you. fantastic. GIY Diaries. And it's um, a 12-month look at what happens in your garden. Yeah, well, exactly. I've I've been writing columns and diaries and stuff for, for since the beginning, really. And um, I was really, I was really conscious that um, it would like... There would be, um, it would be great to kind of pull pull that all together into into a book, so that you'd have, you know, you'd have something you could pick up at different times of the year. It can be, I think, it can be and will be read cover to cover it in in mm. kind of um, at the one time. But I think definitely there's a sense of of bringing through people through 
through the seasons at home in my own garden and what that looks like and mm. um lots of lots of really practical stuff but also lots of to use jack's expression shooting the shit i think there's a good bit of that as well um and just just sort of giving giving it all a bit of context and so on so yeah i'm I'm delighted to have it out there and it's definitely the biggest book i've i've done and um, yeah. it's quite quite the tome um and uh really really excited to to have it out in the world you know it's always a yeah. it's always a big a big um a big process to put something like this together but it's mm. it's such a joy to have it out there then yeah that's and great you're so you're um, people... sorry jolene <laughs> we're good at uh cutting over each other we're such good uh hosts <laughs> we're, we're great hosts anyway let me talk let me talk <laughs> go on um no what what i suppose i liked about it was that like it is actually a diary 365 days of the year and when i picked up the book like what I did actually was I went straight to September and I was like, okay, well, this is what we probably should have been doing. Yeah. And then I kind of went to October and I was like, okay, this is what I should be doing now. But like, how do you, pe- how do you envisage kind of people um, interacting with the book? Um, well, like you'd, you'd love to, you'd love to see people kind of go, go in the full 12 months with it, like and picking, mm. you know, either reading a month in the month or whatever. Um, I like, I think, I think what jumps out for me is that it's a really, um, even though like it's it's kind of pull it has pulled content from different years in in for me as the mm. grower um but like i think what jumps out for for me is that there's there's you know there's so so much of of grow of a growing year is the same but then in in other ways everything is different like yeah mm. you, you start out with a plan um a, a rough plan and i do have a kind of a rough plan which we've we've kind of had in previous books and so on that sort of guides what you should be doing from month to month but you know it, it's 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 like the worst control experiment of all time in some ways because there's all sorts of other factors coming in like yeah. the weather and your life and all you know yeah so you, you you try this blueprint through the year but in reality every everything is different every single year and like I've just come from a meeting downstairs with actually our head grower and our head chef here in Grow HQ having a conversation. And like Richard, our head grower has been growing for, you know, 40 years or something like that, mm. like an extraordinarily experienced, um, proper professional uh, uh, veg grower. And, you know, he's still talking about this year, the peppers were shit. Mm. <laughs> yeah, kill yeah. me. You kill me for, for talking about this. But anyway, um, you know, and the tomatoes were were pretty good, but not as brilliant as last year. And like, it's just there's always that difference, and that that's yeah. what makes it, I think, uh, both frustrating and exciting at the same time. I, I I bumped into Richard when we were down with you last week, and he he said a brilliant thing. He said, "I said, have you had a good season?" And he said, "Well, there's no such thing as a good season or a bad season. Every season is just a season, and some things are great, and other things don't mm. work, and you just kind of drive it through as you go. And I, I thought that that was really nice as well because we do often think about the bad season for the commercial growers. Like here in Italy last year, it was an awful year for apricots, so they were difficult to find when you could find them. They weren't good, and everybody was talking. Us here happens to grow loads of apricots, and that, that is just so bad for an apricot farmer when they just yeah. have this wipeout season and it's just really to me it's like such a really obvious way of explaining the problems by which we deal with our food systems Mm. and then you have someone who is growing a little bit of everything in a clever way in an experienced way and it's just kind of reducing that risk and 
doing such better for the environment along the way and also stimulating the people around you rather than sending apricots to all of northern Italy. You know, you're sending all your veg to 20 kilometers around your farm. But anyway, that's maybe a a slightly different point. But it was it was good to chat to Richard. And he gave me that kind of insight of like, don't bother asking me if it was a good or a bad season. Like it's the same every year. (laughs) It's always a bit shit and it's always a bit brilliant. (laughs) Yeah, but like it's a brilliant point you make, because like I I, I think we, we coined this phrase probably eight or nine years ago, um, food empathy as a way to describe like what happens when you when you grow food yourself. And, and what it does give you is that empathy for for the mm. farmer and food producer mm. who's doing it for for real. Like, you know, you're, you're kind of um, you, you definitely get a, an appreciation for how how tricky it can be and how, how many things can go wrong. And um, like that's that's a really I think that's such an important um kind of insight that you get as a grower that that you start mm. to appreciate how difficult it can be and and I always I'm constantly reminded like geez I'm glad I'm not doing this for a living <laughs> like when I mm. you know yeah. I go down and and something has eaten a, a whole bed of carrots or whatever like so it's it's um I think it does give you that empathy and and to your point around the kind of monocultures like um for for the new series we're filming at the moment I've been taught like meeting a lot of farmers and and veg growers in particular and you know how vulnerable they are because of their scale and and yeah. and their um you know the fact that they're they're majoring on one or two vegetables like we 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 um filmed an extraordinary farmer um who's one of the biggest cabbage growers in the state who's who's gone out of business unfortunately like and he just got so big and the margins got so tight then that when something when something goes wrong, you know, um, that's that's the end of it. And 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 then on the flip side of that, we met loads of amazing kind of market gardeners who are doing yeah. the opposite. You know, they're going with the nearly the full spectrum of food you can imagine and keeping it small and local, but seems to be working for them. So I think I think there's definitely something something in that. I feel like you know, for all the negativity that's out there around Irish horticulture, I think there's there's definitely some amazing innovation happening at a small local yeah. um, kind of, you know, doing things, doing things a bit differently and keeping that supply chain short, you know. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And uh, back to the book just for a second. Which book is this now? What number book? Uh, this is number five. So I, I did... Oh. Um, uh, I did two books at the beginning when like almost at the very start of GOI. So there's a book called Trading Paces, which was uh, probably the start of our bad puns, Jolene. Um, <laughs> uh, but it was I thought it was very clever. <laughs> then I had one called Tales from the Home Farm, which was just a sort of a, about that early, you know, starting growing my own food. And then we self-published two books in GOI. So we did one called Grow, Cook, Eat, which is kind of a mixture of growing and cooking. And then we did a kids book called uh, the yeah, GOI's Know It Almanac. Yeah, um, yeah. Which was, that's that's fabulous. My a, nephew's it have that, and it, it's yeah. fantastic. I I found out about the um the fact about potatoes going into space from that book. Yeah, yeah. That was, uh, mentioned in our uh, potato episode. Yeah, and, it was brilliant fun. We did. I worked with Mern Mern Nikivon, who who's uh she presented some stuff on RT for kids, and she's she's an absolute um absolute live wire and fatty burke illustrated it so that was mm. that was brilliant brilliant fun but like so this this book the the goi diaries the latest one is is uh published through gill and it's it's been brilliant to be back in that world where 
not trying to do everything ourselves and there's there's a team of people kind of working on it including an amazing illustrator sarah sarah kilcoin um, so we've had we've had great fun with it yeah the illustrations are beautiful actually why did you choose illustrations over photography um great question i i i, I think like for photography i think you'd need to be like you'd need to be fo- taking photos right through the year and and mm. like they'd need to be that kind of instructive and it's just that's just not it's not I just it wouldn't be me like I just didn't mm. get my shit together <laughs> sufficiently <laughs> There's a lot, to, lot of shit talk in this podcast yeah <laughs> sorry about that um, so um and I just I, I suppose what we saw with the note almanac was that illustration can actually be can be as instructive if not more so than photography mm. um and and hopefully so so it proves with Sarah this time around I think she's mm. done an amazing job yeah it's beautiful it's really good well done um can we talk about soil health? Like you're, you mentioned in the book that you're convinced that you taste the life of soil in the food that we eat. Can you explain that a little bit more? Yeah, it sounds really arsy, doesn't it? Like, um, uh, well, tell us what you mean by that. Well, no, I, I, I do. I, I kind of, and, and I, we get that feedback from other people all the time. So they say, you know, I started growing my own food and the food tastes like it used to taste or tastes like my mm. granny's food or whatever. So there's, there's something there and I, 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 you know, certainly freshness is part of it, but it's not all of it. I mean, I, 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 I can still taste that vitality in beetroot that I store for three or four months in a box of sand in the garage. So it's not just about, you know, the, the shortness of the journey from, from, um, from, from garden to plate as it were. Um, so I, I am convinced I can, I can taste the health of the soil in the food and, some some science to back that up i think that that certainly in in food that's grown in living soil you get a much wider variety of macro of um micronutrients in them um and and i i would i think that that nutrition and flavor and and sustainability ironically are all linked like they're three mm. you know mm. the three legs of the one stool sort of thing um um, Dan Barber has a brilliant uh, interview. I don't know. I don't know where I heard it, but he 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 obviously famous chef in in New York and and a food writer and so on. And he he was buying um, organic carrots uh, for for the restaurant from a supplier somewhere you know in in uh, somewhere else in the US. But he had also had carrots growing on um, on his farm in in upstate New York, I think, and. He was he was talking about the difference between those two. So even though one mm. was was organic, um, this you know these carrots he he called them the carroty carrots like that he would <laughs> they, they tasted so amazing that he just you know he was using the organic carrots um that he was that he was buying in in the stock pot effectively they were so bland and flavorless and um you know the the ones from his farm he was just serving them up on the plate because they mm. were so delicious and so on and he he was making that point as well that there's just this this um this connection between the health of the soil and and the and you know the health the healthsomeness of your food and the flavor in your food and i i completely agree with that i think it just the the longer the more i've worked on on improving the soil in my garden and the the better the food tastes for sure um and i think we found that here in grow hq as well the site here soil was pretty terrible when we moved in but we've you know, been working it every year, but bringing more compost and and so on into it, and 
um i think the 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 food is just is just absolutely vital you know that's how it mm. tastes it tastes vital because it's it's got that bursting with nutrition from the soil that it's come from mm. um does that you? make sense or do you yeah you know it, it makes sense and speaking i suppose about flavors and food and cooking i guess your book is as much about cooking as it is about growing yeah exactly well it comes back to what i was saying earlier on about um the like this time of the year in particular in the autumn where you're 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 spending so much time in the kitchen so so to me it feels like two sides of the one coin you know like so Mm. i wanted to make sure i put in lots of recipes into this that are you know as crucial to me as the instruction around how to grow the stuff you know so so Mm. um, we talk about how to grow tomatoes for sure, but then there's also some, you know, recipes for my my kind of go to tomato sauce for the freezer to use up those gluts and so on. So sure. there's loads of those kind of recipes in there. And then JB, our our head chef here, contributed um, recipes as well. Um, so I think there's around three or four recipes per month or something like that. Um, and that's to me is just such a, such an important part of turning the delicious food into delicious meals. You know. Mm-hmm. And for people who have the the gluts in the garden, like, how do you not get overwhelmed with this? Have you any kitchen tips for us? Um, how do you not get overwhelmed? I mean, like, being overwhelmed is a frame is a frame of mind. Like, I feel like you can you can let your mind go there and be like, oh my god, like, last thing I want to do now is 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 like make a batch of cucumber pickle or whatever. Yeah. Um, but like. Uh, I don't know. I, I get I get so much enjoyment as, as and borderline smugness, as I said earlier on, from just sure. squirreling all that food up. I just I just you know, if I'm feeling a bit like, oh, I couldn't be bothered, I think those those feelings not knowing of that what that delayed gratification is gonna be like, I think is enough to sort of get me through it and just get, get stuck in, you know. Yeah. And growing these last 18 years and now being so connected with the Grow HQ Cafe and the, the, mm. the land you're growing from there, you, you, this preservation is a very big part of being a grower, especially in Ireland, you know, where you do have Absolutely. a lot of <clears throat> a lot of suitable Irish crops do kind of come all at once. And um, have you taken any inspiration from other books? Is there any good good books that you could recommend for growers who need to kind of preserve basically what they have yeah i i I do a couple like um alice fowler has a brilliant book called abundance Mm -hmm. which is which Mm -hmm. is a fantastic um fantastic book full of recipes around around like pickles and sauerkrauts and preserves and and all the different methods of of preservation like drying and dehydrating and so on um, so I absolutely love that book and that would be that would be kind of out on the shelf a lot at this time of the year mm-hmm. um, I found the River Cottage Veg book fantastic as well like uh, Hugh Fernley Whittingstall um, when he had his his sort of about turn around around meat and went veggie for for a year I think it was and it's 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 a real grower's book actually it it it, it doesn't feel faked in any way it feels like all the veg that you'd grow at home, he covers in the book and, and has recipes for mm. them. Um, so that's that's a really, really good one as well, I think. Um, I've learned a lot from our chef here, JB. Like he's he's obviously at the cold face here of turning the, you know, the even more enormous quantities of veg than I would have at home from mm. that he gets from Richard in the garden here into 
um and and you know loads of loads of brilliant recipes from him um and actually i blame him sometimes for for other other things like creating more work like he he got me into the um uh the 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 seed buds of the nasturtium flower and you and um so so it's probably around a month ago um the nasturtiums around around september time frame when the flowers are starting to go over you get these little tiny seeds at the base of the plant mm-hmm. um and they they like they will self-seed and they'll grow back next year as flowers but you can actually pickle those little um those little uh seed buds and and they're called poor man's capers like because they taste very like capers oh, okay. um so that's another job now I have to do every <laughs> every God, year. So you, thanks, baby. baby yeah, for that. <laughs> but they are they are amazing and they taste like just brilliant to have even one jar of them in the fridge like yeah. would go a long way over the winter. And um um yeah, like I, I just I, I appreciate it so much, I suppose, when I can reach into the fridge or the freezer or the, the larder or whatever. And mm. grab something over the winter months it just in in some ways makes life life easier there's a lot of work that goes into making life easier but it's it's um mm. yeah it's 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 brilliant over the winter to have that all there speaking of making life easier you finished the jiy diaries um have you got any plans in the immediate future um well the next big thing really is the new tv series so it's called it's called food matters um so we're filming that at the moment and right up until um probably January of next of next year 2023 and it'll mm-hmm. be broadcast in the uh the spring we hope around March and you lovely mm-hmm. people are going to be in it I hope um looking forward to it <laughs> so we we kind of it's it's our last uh, series was much more about um the practicalities of growing it was called grow cook eat um this is much more about the you know the bigger picture issues mm. so we've an episode on soil on soil actually which i think is going to be my favorite uh, mm-hmm. uh um we've got um an episode on local food we've got an episode of um talking about food waste um we've got an episode talking about um organic food and food pollution we've got one about eating more plants and less meat and um, so it's just been an unbelievably fascinating kind of time to be out talking to amazing people and projects um and just trying to get get to have you know hopefully inspire a bit of a conversation about all these issues Mm. that are so important you know inspiring that's cool i'm looking forward to it i feel like we've taken a huge amount of your time and and it's quite obvious you do a lot so (laughs) (laughs) is there anything in there mick that we haven't asked you that you were just like wow these guys forgot that question um no i think that's been a fascinating journey for the last for the last 50 minutes or so so yeah i don't know did we talk about the book enough but sure you know that's that's always well there. when can people buy the book when exactly. and where can people buy the book yeah so it's it's launched on the 27th of october um, mm-hmm. so we're actually we're having a bit of a a bit of a shindig here in grow hq um to launch it but uh uh, it'll be available in all good bookstores, as they say, uh, mm. from then, and hopefully it'll grace a lot of uh, a lot of uh, cr- under a lot of Christmas trees this this year. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, so just absolutely can't wait to have it out there. Like yeah. it's going to be really exciting. And do you know when you say you don't, you maybe we didn't talk about the book. When I thumbed through the book, all those topics were coming up yeah, over yeah. and over and repeated. Exactly. Mm. And I would say anybody who's been listening to this and thought even 
any little part of that conversation was interesting, go and pick up the book because you're going to find out more. Yeah. Nice one, Jolene. That was a good, that was a good roundup. Good segue there. I like it. Nice. <laughs> you know you're a professional <laughs> at this. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, I, I couldn't agree more. It's, it's all about that. Lots of, lots of inspiration and, and bigger picture stuff as well as the yeah. practicality. So. Perfect. All right. Well, I'll see you there. Thank you, Mick. Thanks Cheers, many, Mick. Guys. We it's see you again soon. Talk, again. Talk to you again soon. So that's a big thank you to Mick and good luck to him with his new book. You can find out everything that they do. Okay, sorry, two seconds. So that's a big thank you to Mick and good luck with his new book. So you can find out everything to do with GIY at GIY.ie. Absolutely. And if you are down the Waterford Way, pop into Brewer HQ. They'd love to see you. Folks, get growing, get out in the garden. See you next time. Bye.